We're going to continue a series that uh, Pastor Pam started last week. It's called Be Real. And we're talking about, you know, the things we really face as people who are trying to follow Jesus in our daily lives. You know, the kind of practical, real-life stuff that, that we have to deal with. And so um, this morning, uh, I want to talk to you about the temptation that we face to make excuses when God calls us to do something that's out of our comfort zone, because that's always a real temptation. Now, the text today is uh, Exodus chapter 3, and the, the first 15 verses, and the story is going to actually go longer than that. It's going to go on into chapter 4, but I'm just going to read these first verses uh, to a very uh, familiar story. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place you're standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, basically all the ites. And now this, the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, suppose I go out to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they asked me, what is his name? What shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am, and this is what you're to say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. And God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever the name you shall call me from generation to generations. Now, this is a pretty well-known story about Moses and the burning bush. Uh, it's a story about how God called Moses to be the deliverer for the nation of Israel and about how he established uh, this relationship with Moses. Uh, it was a defining moment in Moses' life. Uh, Moses had, you know, long been living out in the desert 
working for his father-in-law. He had a family now. He was out shepherding sheep. And um, the memories of growing up in Pharaoh's palace were just a distant, faded memory by now. And then one day, on this desert mountain, Moses was minding his father-in-law's sheep and his own business, and he looked over and saw a bush, and it, it looked like it was on fire, except the bush wasn't being consumed. So it was like he could see this fire burning in the bush, but nothing was being consumed. So this was before the invention of gas logs, and uh, so Moses was kind of confused by this, and so he got a little closer to see what was happening, and then out of the flames, God spoke to Moses, and he said, I have heard the cry of the suffering of my people Israel, and I am going to set them free from their slavery in Egypt. And Moses was probably thinking, well, yeah, God, it's about time. They've been suffering for a long time. They've been praying to you for a long time. So it's about time that you did something, about time you brought them out. It's high time somebody set the Israelites free. But then God said, that's right, Moses, and I'm sending you to do it. And at that point, Moses started making excuses. He said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? So here's Moses' first excuse. Excuse number one, couldn't you find someone better qualified than me to do this? Uh, I mean, picture the scene. God just told Moses, I'm going to set the Israelites free. I'm going to bring them out of slavery. I'm going to bring them out of captivity. And Moses said, yes, God, that's great. I'm glad to hear you're doing that. And then God said, and you are the one I'm going to send. And after Moses caught his breath, he said, well, God, I mean, I'm honored in all that you would ask me, but uh, you may not know this, but I used to live in Egypt and things didn't work out there. Um, it's complicated. Uh, I left for, um, for, for health reasons. And, uh, and now, you know, I found this great home out here. I'm married to, to a great woman. We have this great family and I, I now work for my father-in-law who is also a preacher. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And, uh, you know, I heard these sheep out in the hot sun in the desert, and I really like it. And, uh, you know, my wife is from here, so she probably isn't going to want to leave. So I'm probably not your best choice. Does that sound familiar to anybody? When, when God kind of nudges us to do something and, and we start coming up with the excuse uh, you know, God, you know, somebody else could probably do that better than me. I don't think I'm the one that, that you need to, to, to ask to do that. Sometimes when God maybe is nudging you toward a certain ministry and, you know, God, I'm sure there are people out there who are better at this than me. And listen to God's reply. God said, I will be with you. In other words, God told Moses that it was okay that if he didn't think he had everything he needed for the job because God was going to be with him. And one plus God equals infinity. So he said, don't worry about it. I will be with you and I will help you. And, and Moses, I mean, God knew Moses had weaknesses, but he said he'd be there to help him with his weaknesses. 
And you know, it's sort of like what Jesus told us in, in the New Testament when he gave us the Great Commission to go out and tell others and make disciples. And then Jesus said, I will be with you. It's the same promise. If, if you just go out and do this, God said, I will be with you. You, you won't be doing this alone. And, and knowing that God goes with us when God calls us to do something, that makes all the difference. So then Moses came up with another excuse. Excuse number two. Moses said, but I don't know enough about you. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what's his name? Then what shall I tell them? Now God, I would really like to help you out here. But the truth is, I mean, you know this, I haven't really been reading my Bible and I haven't really been praying and doing things I need to do. And the fact is, God, I don't know you that well. So, so how can I go telling other people about you if I, don't, if I don't really know you myself? I mean, you should ask somebody else who knows you better. You should, you should ask somebody who's been to seminary. I mean, they, they think they know everything. Have you ever tried that one? <laughs> God, I, I know that somebody needs to start a, a, a group in my neighborhood and for all the neighbors who don't go to church anywhere. But, um, yeah, I don't know enough about you to do that. It's, it, I, I think maybe you should get someone else. And then God said to Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now, this is an amazing thing happens here because God actually tells Moses his name. God, the, the word there is in Hebrew is Yahweh, and it's God's name. And we don't know really how to translate it, so we take a stab at it and, and translate it as I am who I am, but it's God's name. It's the first time in the Bible that God reveals his name. Moses said, what, what am I going to tell him? And God gave him his name so that that Moses would, would be able to know what he needed to know as he went along. And basically, God just kind of said, you know, Moses, just get going, and I'll reveal what you need to know as you need to know it. Just trust me. And you know, I've, I've noticed that God works with us the same way. You know, God nudges us to do something, and we, we decide to do it, and we don't know all the, we don't know all about it yet. We don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't have all the answers, but we just... God just reveals things to us as we go, and things work out as we go. And uh, that's how God often works. So then Moses came up with another excuse. His fourth excuse. Moses said, I'm no good at this. Uh, or, or actually, Moses said, that nobody is going to believe me. <laughs> uh, he, he says, what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, you know, the Lord didn't appear to you. I mean, really, God, who, who's going to believe this? That you spoke to me out of a burning bush. They're going to make fun of me. They're going to laugh. They're going to say, you know, if God spoke to you out of the bush, you better stay away from the azaleas. Um, and, and, you know, we make the same excuse. We say, God, are people, people aren't going to believe you want me to do this. I mean, what, what if I fail? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, know, what I, I don't know all about what I'm doing here. And then God asked Moses, he said, Moses, what are you holding in your hand? And Moses said, a staff. 
And God said, well, throw it down. And Moses put it down. And if you remember the story, it became a snake. And then uh, God turned it back into a staff. And Moses picked it up. And God said, I can do whatever we need needs to be done to help you with this. Um, if you'll just give me, if you'll just take whatever is in your hand and trust me with it, I can use you to do this. And yeah, I think God still works that way. He takes whatever we have in our hands, whatever we're willing to give to God, and God says, I'll take that and I'll use that. I'll make that work. If you'd just be willing to do what I've asked you to do. And then he, after three excuses, he came up with a fourth one. And he said, yeah, I am no good at this kind of thing. Moses said to the Lord, oh, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. Moses said, God, you know, I'm not a good speaker. I can't, I can't go in there and talk to Pharaoh. I'm not, this, this isn't my thing. I'm not good at this. You, you, you should get someone else. I mean, and I think this is one of the excuses we make. You say, well, God, I'm not very good at this. I don't have a lot of talents. This is not my spiritual gift. And God's response, the Lord said to him, who gave you your mouth? Who makes you a person? Who makes a person deaf or mute? Who gives sight or makes blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go and I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. And then Moses' final excuse, which is probably the most truthful one. I just really don't want to do this. <laughs> uh, Moses said, oh, Lord, please just send someone else to do this. I, 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 just, I just want to do this. I'm not, I'm not the person that you can use to deliver a whole nation. That's not who I am. But listen, God, I know, the, I know a guy. The Bible says that, you know, by now God has had enough. And it says that the Lord's anger burned against Moses, which is the Hebrew way of saying that Moses was on God's last nerve. And even though God was angry, God loved Moses. And God said, I'll tell you what, Moses, I'll send your brother Aaron with you. And he'll help you. And you won't have to do this alone. I have somebody to help you make this work. I am so grateful that God does the same thing for us. When God moves us or nudges us into some kind of ministry or some kind of outreach or to help people, God always brings other people along to help. That's why, you know, we come and we ask for volunteers because somebody stepped out and started a ministry. And, and now they need some people to step along beside them. And, and God sends those people. I mean, we step out in faith and God sends people to help us to do the things we can't do so that we can, because ministry is not done by yourself. It's always done in community. It's always done with other people. And after all of Moses' excuses, Moses finally agreed to do what God asked him to do. At first, Moses thought that God was overestimating him. And then he realized that actually he was underestimating God. And look what God did with Moses. Look who Moses became when he said, yes, I'm willing to give it a try. 
And this is the part of the story that I think is so relatable to us. Because we see someone that needs help. We see a ministry that needs done. We see an injustice that we need to speak up against. But we're afraid. And so we make excuses. And we look at our weakness and say, I'm not able to do that. But like Moses, when we say yes to God, God will do more with you than you ever dreamed. More than you ever imagined. Because it's not about our weakness, but it's about God's strength. And it's those people who get past excuses and say yes that God uses to make a difference in the world. I like the way Lynn Sweet put it. He said, suppose Moses had said, I don't do pharaohs. Suppose Noah had said, I don't do animals. Or David had said, I don't do giants. Or Daniel had said, I don't do lions. Suppose Mary had said, well, I'm willing to help, but I don't do virgin births. Imagine if Jesus had said, I don't do crosses. As much as the work of the kingdom of God is alive in our presence, it is because Jesus and his followers who have said yes, God is using them to make a difference in our world. God called, and instead of making excuses, they said yes. And the good news is, God is still calling. How will you respond?